We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gaming golf is back after a one-week hiatus. We took the uh, we, we took the we, we took the, the team uh, tournament off last week, so we are back now previewing the Mexico Open. Happy to be back. Hey everybody, welcome to Gaming Golf. This week previewing the Mexico Open at Vedanta. Uh, and guys, it's good to be back after taking the team tournament off uh, last week. We missed out on the Cantlay Shoffley romp. Those guys uh, pretty much rolled. And, but we didn't do the show last week, but obviously all three of us picked Cantley Shoffley, right? I mean, For that sure. was like, that was such an easy, obvious pick. We, all we were that. deprived of using him in one and done because we took that off too. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I actually had a decent DraftKings week. I cashed across the board with a withdrawal too. I had Neiman and Pereira and they withdrew. So it could have been a, a really nice week despite no uh, Cantley and Shoffley on my team. But uh, the, the WDs have been brutal this season. We've, I've had, I've hit like three of them where I didn't, you know, it either happens after round one or that morning. Um, so hoping I've got the WD luck out of my system the rest of the way here. Yeah. Uh, that would be, uh, that'd be nice. Seems like that's golf. It's harder to come by information like that. Teams have like the, you know, have a requirement to disclose uh, individual golfers less so. Obviously, they, I mean, they have their team of advisors and coaches and all that, but uh, and agents, obviously, you have to almost follow golfers agents to get good information. Now, it seems like yeah. independent contractors, they disclose what they want to disclose. And uh, it's one of the uh, I don't know if you call it a gap in the betting market, but it's one of the it's just it's it's a unique wrinkle that uh, makes the game a little trickier for betters. Right. We don't know. Guys are missing time. Is there hurt? Is there. Uh, just a scheduling thing. They just want a break. Uh, they don't have to disclose. And so that makes, um, that creates uh, opportunities and, uh, and pain <laughs> among golf betters. So just, but it pays to watch, you know, it pays to follow this stuff. Especially, yeah. especially live on the West coast. Cause we had a couple of WDs that like came out 20 minutes before the tournament, but it happened to be yeah. five 30 in the morning, U S coast time where I'm not quite checking my phone yet. So it's been, uh, I or guess earlier. 
Yeah, or, yeah, you're right. There was a couple that were like four, and it was like, oh, well, yeah. not, not much I could do about that. So, Jeff, in your days as a reporter on the ground, when you're when you're at a tournament, do you find it – do you get information like that easier, more readily? Sometimes. Uh, the best – the sneaky best source are caddies. You know, they kind of know yeah. what's going on with people or if uh, – um, I mean, if, if their player is there, you know, some, it's not uncommon for them to kind of like, oh, it's, you know, we're working through some stuff or is – yeah, they kind of whisper if, they're, if their man is feeling good this week or – if things are a bit off, it's, it's very common actually to get that type of information early in the week. Um, injuries are, are different because usually caddy being an inner circle player, if the player does, you know, player doesn't want that out. They're not going to say, Oh, you know, we're just did a, just got an injection on his wrist and we'll see for the, you know, you're not going to get right. that, but you, but you typically can get like a, Hey, you know, we're, things are clicking here. You know, you kind of get the, the wink and nod of like, yeah, we're, we're onto something here or sometimes a little bit of a, uh, I don't know. <laughs> How often is that, is that, is that information accurate? I wonder, is there some false flag, not necessarily uh, even false flag, but just like, Hey, we're feeling optimistic. And then they miss the cut anyhow. Yeah. I, there's probably, it's probably almost as random as the odds themselves. I mean, to be honest, you know, I was out there working driving ranges before I was playing DraftKings, So I don't know. I've never really thought to line those two things up. Um, right. Certainly we have, you know, from our side, Bob Herrig is on the beat and he's out there a fair amount and works the driving range where he goes and, and also does a video that's going to integrate with this show as we publish it. And so he, he, he gets a little bit more of those odds and ends, but you take all of it with a grain of salt, just like you would, you know, any other fantasy write-up or a show like this, you know, you try to just take information and use it, use it for what you will. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, let's start looking at this week and boy, oh boy, uh, is this the worst field of the year or, you know, so far uh, of the calendar year, uh, you know, some of the fall tournaments don't count as far as I, I'm concerned, but this is a pretty shaky field. Worst, worst one so far for me, if, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. But it's, you know, uh, there's, Ram still, there's, the there's still, there's still bets to make. There's still DraftKings to play. Uh, we'll get, uh, it is still a lot to talk about and I, they all, they all count. So I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, these are the, sometimes the tournaments where if you dig in a little bit, you might have a little bit of an edge over every at the masters that can, you know, play six guys that we all know about and all that. So that's uh, I think this, these, these tournaments are tough from a viewing, but uh, they, they separate the people in playing fantasy and DraftKings. So you you got to really dig into some guys we don't know a lot about. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if that was, would be the case there a little bit. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've had a tournament here. Nope. So first it opened in venue. 20 open in 2015, new venue for the tour. New venue for the tour, new venue for the players, probably. Uh I wonder if you know AB answer Sebastian Munoz has some sort of built-in advantage because of this. If they've even played the course. I mean, I mean I'm assuming a lot with that question, actually. Yeah, I don't know. Um answer, I mean, he's just to start previewing the players. I don't know. You, you always think, Oh, home game inspired by, you know, the national crowd, but I don't know what's going on with Abe answer. I mean, he's <laughs> withdrew from the heritage showed up yeah. just to cut at the masters. Um, he was a, one of the darlings of our podcast as we were getting it going last year. Cause it just seemed like he was underpriced every week and outperforming his price tag. And now this year it's, it's almost flipped where uh, he's become, maybe overhyped and you know he's he's highly praised in that ten thousand tier this week and i don't like him at all because i just i just don't know what's what his injury status is or what's going on right finished top eight in the uh, match play made it to the uh, quarterfinals there 
So that, that was one good result. But other than that, it's 30s or missed cuts, you know, 30s, 40s, missed cuts, and not, nothing special there. And at 10-3, you need him to be something special. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Scott, are you paying? I'm not paying up for that. I wouldn't. No. You want to talk about the top of the end of the range right now? Yeah, well, let's let's just use that as our launch point. I'm, uh, so my thought here is like as I got in deeper in the field – the nines really aren't that much better than the eights and the eights aren't that really much better than the nines after this, than the sevens. Like as soon as you get under like 10, uh, maybe like 9,800, they're all kind of the same. So I am playing John Rom this week and I'm going to just figure that the, the sevens I'm going to play instead of eight to nines are not that much further off than normal. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like a lineup with Rom and either one guy in the nines, one guy in the eights, and then four guys in the, in the, in the mid to low sevens. I, I put together, I put together Rom and uh, Aaron Wise. I put together Rom and a couple guys in the eights to see what just what I could get otherwise. And it's like seventy three to seventy one hundred person. I just think Rom is so far and away the best player in this field. We don't. I mean, that's that's saying that's obvious, but like I, we never see tournaments quite like this. You usually get like one or you know two or three guys, or maybe a bunch of second tier guys. Rom is so much better than everybody else. I know he's struggling lately for him, a lot of putting and around the green stuff, but this course sets up well for him. You know, it sounds like you want to be long on this course. There's not a lot of punitive damage, uh, you know, off the fairway. If you do miss the fairway, the fairways are big. Um, I just think the way the field, the rest of the field works, and the, you know, there's not really a lot of eights that I want to get in anyway. I'm going to play Rom, then jump down lower. I'm going to play him in almost all my lineups. I, I just, gonna, I'm going to take the best player in the field by leaps and bounds. Hope he's motivated. I hope, you know, you never know with that, with, a, with an elite player going to a tournament like this, but um, I just, uh, I'm just, I'm just playing him. And I think it sets up well the way the rest of the field kind of plays out. Yeah. Rom's at 11, three, uh, Tony Finau's the next at 10, four, Abe answer as referred to as 10, three, Kevin, Na 10, one, and Patrick Reed. He who's been a punching bag for our show this season is at 10,000. That that's your sign right there that, and that, that Rom is only 1300 more than Reed speaks to just the gap between, you know, just the, 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 the relative strength of the field. I would have put Rom at like twelve two if I was pricing this. Jeff, what's it? Yeah, no, I, I I agree, and I Scott took tore the page right out of my playbook this week. I I think I completely agree. I think Rom is he's so far ahead of the field that, and there's so many other ways to build your lineup that just start with Rom, and you're gonna get five guys. Figure out the mix from there. You're gonna get five guys that no one else has, and, and try to win this, win your money with those other five, but don't get cute at the top when, when you've got somebody who's actually fairly priced, despite being leaps and bounds ahead of uh, those in the same tier around him. So I like Rom and then we get creative. You start to make the salad. Um, All right. I'm, All right. Uh, I'm, I'm fully on board with that. If I had to play someone else, I'd play Finau. There's no way I'd play, uh, no way I'm playing Reed at the price. And I, I think Finau is a step up from answer and not right now. He's playing a little bit better. Uh, three, two top 35 is the last four weeks. This is a good course for him too. Should really play to his length. Um, it's a good setup for him, but I just, I think nine hundred more to Rom just makes a lot of sense and I can't play both. Tell me more about Vedanta at Fiarto. What, what do we know about the course besides its newness? From what I read, it's uh, it, it, they, the comp courses I've seen are like uh, Puerto Rico uh, in terms of the uh, in terms of the substance of the greens. Uh, it sounds like the rough is not going to hurt people very much. The fairways are wide open, so long. It's a long course, seventy four, fifty six yards. It's a par seventy three for members, a seventy one for the PGA guys. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of scoring. I think it's going to be kind of a putting contest. I think a lot of guys are going to hit a lot of greens in regulation. It's going to matter who hits those 15 to 20 footers. So I think you want uh, you want some guys who actually putt. You know, usually I kind of toss putting out. But I think you want good putters this week. I think you want guys who are long because I don't think uh, I don't think a little bit uh, a little bit wide drive is going to hurt very much. 
Right. I also would, I would add maybe approaches, you know, unfamiliar greens, uh, guys who can just hit it close, yeah. you know, take take that unfamiliarity out. So I think it'll be a uh, low. I think it'll be a low scoring week unless the apparently the wind can get a little nutty in the afternoons there. But unless wind comes up, I think it's gonna be a pretty low scoring week. All right, very good. Let's look at the nine thousands. Uh, we're underwhelmed with uh, Gary Woodland at ninety nine, Sebastian Munoz ninety eight, Cameron Changali ninety seven. Uh, Chris Kirk, 96, Aaron Wise, 95, Cameron Champ, 94, Brendan Todd, 93, Russell Knox, 92, Kevin Streelman, 91, and Matt Jones, 9,000. Jeff Ritter, who stands out in this group for you, if anyone? Uh, I like Woodland as just someone who's, who's, you know, he's been a little up and down, missed the cut at the Masters, which I think we were all on him at Augusta because he had mm-hmm. take, appeared to take a lot of momentum out of Florida with him and then just lost it at Augusta. But I still think in terms of guys playing reasonably well within this tier, I think he's interesting even at that price. I also think Cam Champ, another, it just seems like he's really, it's either on or it's off for him. But uh, sneaky top 10, I think he finished 10th at Augusta, uh, under, way under the radar. But um, when it clicks for him, he's a guy that can win and win in bunches. And so I just – you know, at that price and this kind of depleted field, um, I'm intrigued. And then Scott mentioned Aaron Wise, uh, same thing. I think is another guy that maybe the statistical profile lines up for for this week. So I like it. Be hard if you've got Ron to go all three of them, but some combo of of Woodland, Champ, and Wise are the three that jump out at me. Yeah, if I uh, if I were to if I'm going to pair someone with uh, with Rom, I think it's going to be Aaron Wise for me. 9,500 made three or four cuts. He's gained four straight tee to green. You take this field over the last 24 rounds. He's sixth in the field off the tee. I like that this week in this uh, in this event. He's ninth in the field in ball striking in the uh, in the last 24 rounds. So I think a guy that's playing really well right now. I think he fits this course pretty well. I think you can pair him with Rom. I think you have 7,300 per player left. You do that, so it's expensive, but I think it's workable. If you want to get different and not go Rom, and you want to go Finau or, or Woodland, I think he pairs really well. There's kind of a start, maybe a little more balanced, but I do like the Rom approach. I like Woodland also. Um, you know, three top ten since late February. Uh, Jeff mentioned the miscut of the Masters, but you know, uh, you know, majors are tough, and he was playing really well before that. He was eighth at Valero uh, just the week before the Masters, so I do like that. Sebastian Munoz is kind of interesting, playing well, but 9,800 is tough. And he just he hasn't played. He hasn't played an event aside from the match play since March 13th when he played the players. Like I looked and he didn't play in the team event last week. So I just worry that maybe that really good form we had for a while there, uh, maybe we, it takes a, a round to knock off the rust. And I'd be worried about that. A, a course you're going to have to go low kind of starting from the beginning. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go wise and woodland in this range. I'll, I'm going to throw one more out here and, Scott, I'm frankly, frankly a little surprised you didn't go this way. Is uh, you are usually the man who knocks, yeah. uh, and Russell Knox at 9200 might be an interesting pairing with Rom. Save some money off of Wise. I think ball striking matters again here. Um, I don't know, we say it every week, but I think this is probably a good place for him. Uh, he's not going to pound. He's not going to pound the ball. He's not Cameron Champ hitting at 320 every time, but he gets de- decent distance off the tee, and he's accurate. Um, so I like him a little bit. Yeah, I, I really liked his form like through about mid-March. And the last three tournaments have not been great, so I'm a little bit off him at the price. If he was a little bit cheaper, I'd probably be there. But mm-hmm. uh, struggled putting, putting, and the ball string hasn't been quite as good the last three tournaments. But yeah, he's someone that I think uh, is playable. I just uh, I like the other guys a little bit more just based on recent form. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, you're getting a decent price like uh, gaming wise, like at the SI Sportsbook. It's he's fifty to he's fifty to one. So I like that. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's something that maybe t- take an eye on, keep an eye on there as, as you're you're pricing things out. I do like always kind of 
seeing, okay, what are the sports books like versus yep. what are the, you know, if there's a bargain compared to the DraftKings price there. And it seems like there, there's a little disconnect there. Let's look at the $8,000 tier. Um, starting off, Doug Gim is at 89. Sahith Thigala, one of Jeff Ritter's season-long guys, is there at 88. Aaron Rye is at 87. Carlos Ortiz, 86. Davis Riley, 85. Charles Howell, 84. Lanto Griffin, 83. Taylor Moore, 82. C.T. Pan, 81. And Mark Hubbard at 8,000. That clears out the $8,000 tier. Scott, what jumps out to you from there? how much I don't like this range. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, the way I'm building, I think I'm going to go two guys above this range and four guys below. The one guy that I will be playing in some lineups here actually is CT Pan, who's made three straight cuts, uh, really good TD Green numbers, both at Heritage and Valero, gained 4.1 approach at Heritage also. So really good ball striking numbers last couple of weeks. He had two top 20s in February. So he's a guy who can make a little bit run up at the leaderboard. His only missed cut since Phoenix, so we're talking you know Super Bowl weekend, uh, was the play. Players. And like we talked about a few times, I kind of throw the players out with the way yep. it was. It was so it was so messed up. Um, I, I looked at Aaron Wright, he's in finished uh, fourth in the team event last week. I looked at Mark Hubbard a little bit, but I didn't get too excited about anybody in this range. CT Pan will be on one plate, eighty one hundred. Jeff, you got anybody in this group? I thought you'd go for Rye. Uh, he's on your season yep. long team, isn't he? He um, is. He is. He been, actually got, me, got me some money last week. Yeah. I yeah. Like I think I, I don't know that I love the price, but he was my favorite off this tier. Uh, was he fourth right at the Zurich? So he's yeah, like a caught more of him on television than usual and uh i'm, I'm intrigued but uh maybe not a must roster at that price yeah and he had some he had some he had a really good fall season had a nice finish at uh, farmers he finished in the top 10 of that event so he's a guy that can get up the leaderboard um i just i didn't like the off the tee numbers recently and i just i just 8700 was more the issue if he was 7700 i'd be all over him i just think the price is a little bit high this week Fair enough. Uh, before we move on to the seven thousand dollar tier, which we will be featuring some guys, a quick note from our Blue Wire sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back to the Gaming Golf Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Scott Jenstad and Jeff Ritter from Sports Illustrated. 
Jeff, who do you like in the $7,000 tier? Do you want to break it down into the top half of 7,000s and bottom half? How did you want to approach it this time? I've got, uh, I've got two guys off the, they just happen to be off the top half, but I think um, it's, he's becoming a friend of the podcast as a sleeper is Austin Smotherman. I just really yeah. like the statistical profile of the ball striking. Uh, he's still sneakily making some cuts. And I just think in a depleted field, He's still priced down there with kind of your, your roster fillers. Uh, just someone I've just been watching uh, for a while. I think we just kind of noticed the last name is just another one of those terrible names for golfers that, but uh, he does have the stat profile that intrigues me for this week. And then also Wyndham Clark is a guy that also has popped up for ball striking uh, favorably for those stats. I think he's burned us a couple times in the times that we've mentioned him on the show, but this guy um, right here. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So for those not already um, with uh, Wyndham Clark's scar tissue, um, I think that's a pretty good price. And he played, I believe he played pretty well last week or was it two weeks ago? I just, I just saw him on he, uh, together, but yeah, he I, has two, uh, two top 35s his last three tournaments. All right. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, you're down here in the want to make a cut zone, but maybe a little something more on a depleted field. So um, Clark and Smotherman for me off this tier. Austin Smotherman, 2018 Mexican Open champion. Hey, didn't even know that. On the PGA Tour Latino America Tour. That was his one win on that tour. He won. Uh, he was minus 18, but a uh, different course, unfortunately. Yeah, we yeah, you know, people looking for him on the waiver wire in our, our league couldn't find a smother man uh, because he was already rostered. Uh, but, uh, you know. He, no, Jeff, he, no. Yeah. Sorry. It, it, it extends over to golf sometimes every <laughs> once in a while. I can't help it. Uh, I like him too. I like him too. Uh, bottom half of the, of the $7,000 tier. You don't, you, don't, you don't want, you don't want my top half? Oh, I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. Wow. I see I how do. it is. Scott, I, I, I must. I must. Um, Wyndham Clark was actually one of mine. I won't go quick on that, but I just think it's a quick, good course set for him. He hits the ball a mile. I think it's a really good setup. He's played, made three straight cuts, hit the ball well at Heritage. The guy I really like here is 700. I like Chad Ramey. We were talking before the podcast, and I, I checked to see if he was rostered in our league, and he actually got picked up in March. Um, if we're going to go with any kind of comp courses, I think it's tropical, tropical locations with this putting surface. He won Punta Cana in March. He was fifth in Puerto Rico in March, 17th in Bermuda last October. Plays well in this environment um wasn't good at heritage but made the cut so at least he made a cut there hit it really well at valero um the price is 7900 i was hoping it was a little bit lower but i think he's very playable this week uh he's gonna be on a number of my lineups um i think all, adam long is playable at 7800 he's made five at six cut he was 12 at heritage the last time he played and then i like nate lashley we talked about him at heritage it was rough at heritage for him he missed the cut but it was really good before that he had uh, four straight made cuts all within the top 30 we want to talk comp courses again. Uh, he was 15th at Punta Cana. He was 7th at Puerto Rico. I really like how he profiles for this course. So uh, Ramey, Ramey, Lashley, and Wyndham Clark are all in this range. I'm going to play a lot of guys in the sevens we mentioned earlier. Um, Lashley and Ramey probably my two favorite here. All right. And now now that you got the top half, you get the privilege of doing the bottom half of the 7,000s first. What do you like? Yeah, the bottom half gets a little tougher. I do like Tyler Duncan at 7,200 again. You know, this is this field. We're going to have some names where you don't, you know, you cringe a little bit when you when you roster them. But he finished 12th at RBC, gained 6.1 uh, shots tee to green. So playing well, he's made four or five cuts. Again, uh, you know, comp course. He was he was top 35 at Punta Cana and Puerto Rico. I get those are those are alt fields, but those alt fields aren't that much different than this field this week. Aside from these top, you know, the Finau and Rom, a lot of these guys are guys that played in those events. So I think those are they're, they're still workable. 
7,200 like that. I like Brandon Wu, uh, a good Stanford Cardinal at 7,300. Uh, three state make cuts. He was really rough early in the year. I think Jeff might have had him on his season long team for a while. Another guy, though, he was third at Puerto Rico. If there's a comp course, that's the one. He was 28th at Punta Cana. He's not a huge hitter. I wish he hit a little bit further, but uh, I think uh, I think Wu and Duncan uh, both work really well this week. You're trying to uh, you're trying to make cuts. You're trying to maybe get a top 30, top 25. I think both those guys are in play this week at the price. Yeah, Wu, Wu was my guy off the bottom tier. I had him on my on the team earlier. Dropped him as he just uh, appeared to forget how to play golf at the start of the year. But uh, <laughs> yeah. he seems to be riding the ship. I didn't think about the Puerto Rico, uh, you know, comp course idea until the show. But that's really good, and you know, the fact that he played so well well there also um, that's a signal. So yeah, I, I would be back on. I, I don't have him on the season long league anymore. I believe he's a free agent. Um, but I would, uh, I would look for him in some of the, some of your daily fantasy lineups, especially this price. All right. Uh, anybody else you like in, in that tier? No, that was, he was pretty much my favorite. I, I did find, I, I did go searching for Graham McDowell. I feel like, uh, <laughs> he pops up here and there and these, he's one at my Coba made me think, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I probably still pass, but I was, I was intrigued. It's just a name that jumped off at me. like, what is Graham McDowell doing these days? You know, when I saw him down there at 7,100, um, if not much, you, but <laughs> if you, if you need one more name, uh, I do think that chase Seifert at 7,100 is yeah. playable three straight made cuts. Uh, 22nd at Putacana, 25th at Honda. So it's got up the leaderboard a little bit. I do like Wu and dunk a little bit more, but if you want to play three guys in here, Seifert would be my third guy. Is there anybody in the 6,000s that either of you like? I thought you were going to say either of us heard of. <laughs> Luke Donald is in this field. It's, I, I don't right. think I'm playing him, but I, w- I was intrigued enough to, you know, same thing as Graham McDowell of what, you know, it's like a where are they now moment uh, to just look him up. So, no, I, I'd still pass, but I, it's just funny sometimes these, these formerly just huge names get, you know, they pop up in these, in these off-field events. Uh, I was stunned to see Luke Donald in this tournament. Yeah. Robert so, Gehr, I guess I wanted to mention because he's the first guy to commit to the Greg Norman tour of uh, the London event. Uh, he's in this field. He's at 6,600. Huge if true. So Greg Norman design course uh, this yeah. week. So still yeah, carrying the flag. So you're throwing darts down here and you kind of have to know that you're doing that. But I think if you want to play a couple top guys, you're going to have to get lucky here. And I don't think these guys are that much different than the 7,000s. Again, uh, if you want to go kite cop courses again, Von Taylor has made five or six cuts. He finished seventh at Puerto Rico, 25th at Punta Cana. So has played well in these kind of tropical courses with this, uh, with the same material on the greens. So, you know, a good indicator there. Uh, same thing, Andrew Novak, 6,700. I admit that I had to look up who he was, but 11th at Punta Cana, 22nd at Puerto Rico. Did miss four straight PGA Tour cuts, so I got a little less excited on, on main events. And then if you want to really punt, 6,500, Patrick Flavin was a Monday qualifier. He's been a Monday qualifier in three different events uh, in the last like six months. Finished, uh, made the cut in all three of those. 22nd at Puerto Rico, 17th at Bermuda. If you just want to save some money, you don't like anybody in the 7,000s, I think he's playable for a, a made cut. But I'd probably move up to Von Taylor if I had to do it at 6,900. All right, there you go. Uh, so sounds like it's two high-priced guys and then go cheapy. Uh, seems like you guys are in alignment in terms of your roster build, at least the, the, t- the type of uh, roster you want to build. I think who can ever find those like three or four guys in the seven thousands who make the top 20 end up winning this week. Cause I think everybody's going to have a couple in the, you know, say over 9,500 or so. Sounds like John Rom could be rostered super heavily despite being over 11,000. I do not think he'll be low percent this week. Yeah. 
I, I tend to agree with that. All right, let's move to the gaming side, and we're going to check out the odds on SI Sportsbook, powered by 888. Um, taking a look at the gaming card here. Jeff, I'm going to make you go first. Uh, who do you like? Who's on your betting card? Well, I wanted Woodland here, but I see 20 to 1. You know, he, he yeah. feels a little bit mispriced on the daily fantasy games. Here, the, the SI Sportsbook crowd is is onto it. The betters are, are on Woodland, so i probably pass at 20 to one, but just go a little farther down the board. I, I still, Aaron Rye, I, Scott, I'm surprised you're, you're, you weren't so big on him on the daily fantasy side. 45 to one is interesting to me He's a rookie, but you feel like maybe it's one of those rookies where his time is coming. Uh, and then I guess another name that sort of, you know, I just look at again, Cameron champ, 40 to one that I still think he's, he's track record is an all or nothing guy, but he is, that all with Cameron Champ has proven that that can be a win. So uh, I'm in on Champ at 40 to one for sure. Yeah, if you want to know how crazy this week is with Rom, is he's plus 450 to win this week. Like I think he's got a great chance, but there's no way I'm betting someone at four to one yeah. to win a golf tournament. Right. He, I looked at the SI Sportsbook, he's minus 160 to finish in the top 10. Like that's an absurd price for a guy <laughs> to finish in a top 10 in a golf tournament. So I'm, I, I, I love Rom this week in, in daily in, in DFS, but I'm, I'm not betting him. I'm going to drop down and. Kind of take some darts here. I think either Rom wins or someone out of nowhere wins. So I'm going to go my my highest price guy, probably Aaron Wise at 30 to one, and he's got a chance to win this week. And then I'm going to fire some darts later. I'm going to go uh, Adam Long at 60 to one. I really like Chad Ramey at 66 to one. I think he's got a chance to win this week. And then a couple of really late darts: Nate Lashley at 90 to one, Brandon Wu at 100 to one. Um, if you wanted to go top of the board, I don't think I'm going to, but I think Finau is the most interesting one up there at 20 to one. I think that uh, that's a pretty good um, number for him in a tournament where there's really no top end guys. So if you wanted, if you wanted a, a bigger favorite or a, I guess a lesser favorite, I, I think Finau is the one that is very bettable up there, but I think I'm going to start with wise and take some darts to the back that I mentioned. And uh, I do like, I looked at the SI Sportsbook and I see some top 10 prices. So I like a couple prices here. I like Chad Ramey at plus 550 to be a top 10. I think it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good shot at him to uh, make him up the leaderboard. And I like Adam Long at uh, plus 500 to be in the top 10 also. All right. Very good. I like it. Uh, and I like the uh, the alternate bets there too. As I do too. I, I like that. Yeah. It's a little fun to, to play around with that. You guys can check that out, sisportsbook.com for yourself. Uh, and be sure to shop around. You can find differing odds, and you may find better odds on SI than elsewhere, and vice versa. So check that all out. Uh, finally, one and done, guys. Who do we like? Jeff, do you want to go first or second? I made you go first on the on the book, so I'm going to give you a choice. Uh, I'll go first. I've got it pulled up as as I do now on the show. I enter it live on the <laughs> air, so I don't forget to do it afterwards. Uh, I am. I was down to two. Uh, for me, it's either Cam Champ or Gary Woodland. I'm going to go. I, I think the odds would say you go Willen. I'm going to go champ. Uh, just feels like it might be coming together for him. And like I said, he's an all or nothing guy. Maybe it's an all week. So I'm in. Uh, I'm kind of middle of the pack. I need a win. I'm actually going to burn one of the quote unquote top guys this week. I don't think there's a week that I will be uh, that. I think Tony Finau has a higher win equity than this one. I'm going to play him. Um, I've used ramen answer. I probably wouldn't use them this week anyway, but I'm going to go Finau. I can't imagine a field the rest of the year where I'll be really fired up to use him. So unless he gets really hot. So I'm going to use him now. Um, try and get a win. It's still a bunch of money if you win this tournament. Uh, Wise would be my second choice, but I'm going to go Fee now and lock that one in right now. I've already used Rom, uh, so I can't use him. Had I not had him, not used him, I would consider doing so because I think a lot of people are going to save him uh, for majors, big money events, things of that nature. And 
he's just such a head and shoulders, yeah. you know, better than the, yeah. the field sort of guy that I just gotta, I think I'd probably go ahead and plunk down and use him, but I can't. So I, I'm safe in saying that, you know, it's, it's kind you're of, not, funny you're not going to get a plus 450 the rest of the year on someone. No, I don't think yeah. so. Unless he decides to play like the John Deere classic too. <laughs> right, exactly. um, <laughs> why is he playing this tournament? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, Berger was playing and then withdrew with the back injury, so that really hurt the field too. But I, yeah, I'm I was surprised when I saw Rom's name in here. I'm gonna go with the cheapy here, guys. I'm gonna go Austin Smotherman. Ooh. Um, because why not? Uh, and my team, my my, my uh, entries have been really poor in this league, so let's have some. You fun. don't you don't think you want to say Smotherman from the U.S. Open or something like that? Uh, <laughs> I, I do not. Um, I just have to be able to find him. Uh. And I and avoid making the joke at the same time. So there, found him. He's in. He's locked and loaded. Uh, so yeah, there you go. There you have it. Uh, any other uh, comments, uh, reflections from the team tournament? Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not really. I think uh, the, we're in this kind of like weird void between the ramp up to the next majors. There's a lot of excitement building, certainly with like the Tiger Woods is you know at least registered to play. Phil Mickelson's registered to play. Uh, this is like that little calm before the next wave of really good fields and a lot of you know hype and excitement yeah. uh, around it so can um, can i ask ritter a really quick uh, mickelson question sure i don't what, i don't know if i know the answer but I'm what are <laughs> what are the odds that the tour lets him play in that one event he requested a release for yeah i don't know well it's not just or, or, i don't even know, know how the process i don't even know how that process works i just saw he had to he has to apply for a release yeah. to get them to okay it i don't know I, I figured you know how the process works better well, than i do of course you have, you have to apply for a release to play in an alternate tour event okay 30 days before that event so it's not just the, what's interesting about this case is that according to norman according to live golf and this that 15 of the top 100 players in the current world ranking are going to apply for this. So it's not just Phil. So I don't, okay. I don't think Phil gets singled out here unless there's something going with, you know, a suspension or, you know, all these things that are rumored, but are never publicized. So I think Phil, Phil's case is more likely to just go the same way as the other 15 guys that are. Uh, and what, how do you think that has the tour likely to let them play? Like, how does that. Uh, well, they did it last time. Yes, okay. This is different, but they, they did let them all off to go play the Saudi event right. okay. uh, earlier this year. So. But obviously, this is the start of potentially a tour, a, you know, a circuit of multiple events. As they, right. so I don't know. This is a this is a little more of a crossroads type scenario because, uh, you know, you let this one go, then the next, you know, several live golf. And I assume they have place. to tell them within a couple of weeks or something so they can yeah. prep and plan to travel. Okay, That's right. interesting. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll be by next week. We'll probably have a lot more to talk about as far as that goes, and we'll have this tournament to talk about as well as the results from that. So. That's going to conclude our preview for the Mexico Open. Uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll be back at you again next week. Take care. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. 
all for an incredible value your wrists and wallets will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.